Hello, and welcome to Black Mental Health Matters. Our mission here is to encourage a dialogue around mental health among Black communities. I am your host, Micaiah Williams-Franklin, and today we will have our special guests, Natalie Ventura and Taylor Gravisande, to discuss the topic of destigmatizing alternative methods to wellness and health. Hello. Hello, 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 ladies. Hi. So, how are you guys doing today? Doing Very good. Well. It's a nice day out today, so you know, I'm feeling good. Right. Yeah. Of course. All right, so let's just dive in. Um, hello, Natalie. Uh, I do understand that you recently returned back from, you were in Thailand, right? I was in Bali, Indonesia. Oh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, would you mind telling us a little bit about what you were doing over in Bali? Yeah, I was doing a 200 hour yoga teacher training and I was studying yoga from the Eastern perspective because yoga is a, a practice that originated in India. So I had Eastern teachers as well as Western teachers who really shared the practice and the philosophy behind it. and it was an incredible experience. I did my 200 hours and then another 50 hours specializing in yin yoga. And I'm now a certified yoga teacher. <laughs> yes, congrats. Give her her Thank flowers. you. Thank you. <laughs> that must have been such an experience. It was incredible. The Not only the knowledge being shared, but also the community because I find it kind of hard in the West to connect with community. And I was just so welcomed by those people and the love that was shared through the practice of yoga. It was very beautiful. <laughs> I love that. I love that for you. All right. So I'm just going to go ahead and get rolling with our first question. Um, a lot of people have no idea what alternative methods to wellness are. And some have even gone as far as fostering ne negative opinions and thoughts and false information about them. Uh, to you, what does it mean to be well? Um, I just wanna say that I understand why there's a lot of misinformation about holistic wellness and it's because that it's not a scientific approach. There's no specific scientific evidence towards it. And the reason to that is because practices like yoga and using food as medicine and all of these wellness practices they're not based on in science they're based on nature and really connecting with the seasons and connecting with your body and to me it's just about becoming in tune with the outer environment which helps you to connect to your inner environment so for me the idea of being well is not being like perfectly healthy it's being able to understand yourself and your body and being aware of what's going on physically and mentally and being able to identify that so you can heal any imbalance or any issues. It's just an awareness of self and awareness of how to treat our bodies, treat our lives and live accordingly to that. And it just comes down to living intentionally. I think when you live intentionally, you are living well. Yeah. 
I love that. And I think that's beautiful. Um, I noticed that Taylor has left us. I'm sure she'll join back in a few. Um, mm -hmm. But I just wanted to go ahead and ask you another question. Um, just a side question, because I was thinking about it as you were talking about it. Um, a while ago, I worked at this um, health food store in um, my uh, hometown. And I learned that the word holistic uh, translates ultimately into um, treatment of the whole person. And I thought about that as you were um, saying, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I thought about that as you were mentioning how um, when it comes to healing and being well, it's not necessarily just what you look physically or whether you're the most fit or whether you're actually sitting down and meditating and people are seeing you do these things and execute these things. It's about ultimately what you feel is um, going to contribute to you being healthy. And that could look different from another person's healthy. Like I'm pretty sure like you have other people around you, people that you've grown up with who their idea of healthy differs from your idea of healthy. And that's completely fine. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, with a lot of the differences between like Western medicine compared to traditional Chinese medicine, which is what I was studying for my um, nutrition course, they consider like healing and becoming, getting yourself to a balanced state, you have to heal the entire body. Like a specific illness, it's rooted in and you have to approach it by healing the whole body. When in terms of like Western medicine, they just heal the symptoms that are there and not really going deeply in to do the work to stop that cycle from continuing. Just every time a symptom come up, would come up they would just give medicine or even sometimes surgery it's there's a deeper way of looking into the body it's a whole way and it's it's a whole new way of living definitely <laughs> yes and the adaptation must have been something as well uh so that actually brings me to my second question um have you grown up using any alternative methods to wellness or methods that you later realized contributed to healing and treating your whole person? And if you have any, would you mind sharing that with the audience? Yeah, um, so I actually did not grow up with any of these methods. I honestly just followed my heart into learning and studying these topics of taking care of yourself and living with nature and that has really transformed my outlook because prior to that I didn't have any awareness of how my body is supposed to be taken care of or how I'm supposed to feel and that manifested into emotional and mental imbalances that I was struggling with for years and I didn't have any understanding of why I was feeling those emotions until I began to change my perspective and until I started reaching this path, it's when any emotion or mental imbalance is there, it's calling you to look inwards and reflect on what are you doing? What are you around? What are you doing to help yourself? And it's, it's calling you to put the power back into your hands because from my experience, when you're not mentally well or going through a lot of difficult emotions it feels like you don't have any power or control but when you learn how to listen to your body and recognize that something is off 
you can in turn use that awareness to help yourself get to a stable place. And it's, it's powerful. It's taking your power back. And I would say the two methods that I practice myself and that I advocate for others is to practice is to one journal daily, reflect daily, just list out how you're feeling in your body, what's current in your life right now, any, any stresses or any, you know, pain, physical, mental, emotional, just write it out and look clearly at the problem see if it's a pattern or if it's something that you can shift. And it's with that awareness that you can begin to start changing and begin to start evolving from that, that cycle, from that illness, from that state and bring yourself to a place of more balance. And it's, yeah, it's, if it's something you practice daily, it can really begin to change your mindset on everything. And I would say my second piece of advice is to live with the season. And it's something that's in America, I would say most of the West, but specifically America, we aren't very familiar with. We live every single day the same, despite the four different seasons that are in this life. And really with every single season, there's a different energy to them. There's different food available to them. There's different temperatures available to them. And each season, each change, it gives us something to reflect on inwards. Like right now is the season of winter. Right now is not the time to begin like changing everything and rushing and living a very stressful lifestyle. Now's the time to really get that rest, get that regeneration because it's necessary for the seasons forward, the seasons of spring and summer. You need that time to rest and hibernate as you will. Like the animals are like the, the leaves that have fallen off the trees, they're, they're rooted down right now. And that's what nature is calling us to do as well. So I would say really try to connect with nature. I really think that the analogy that you made when comparing like the trees being rooted to how we deserve to reflect and restore on, well, not on, but during the winter, I think that's a metaphor that people really just don't, well, I feel like it's a metaphor that people should really sit with and think about because when yeah like you everything that you just mentioned made me put it in perspective that although we do live in a temperate deciduous forest and we see the leaves falling and we see less hours of sunlight and we see colder temperatures um people do still live their day-to-day -day lives as if they would during any other season and i definitely do feel like living with the season is something that i will start to take with me beyond this conversation because yeah. I find that when I do switch up my schedules or like my routines according to um, the hours of sunlight or according to what I have time for based off of like whether I'm in school or if I'm um, not working or if I just want to genuinely rest like you should in the winter. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like all of that definitely contributes to your mental health and um, therefore also contributes to lack thereof. Yes, definitely. It's because if you're going through winter with like 
the same energy you would have in summer, you're burning your energy out in this time that we're supposed to be reserving it and collecting it. And it's just the cycle, the cycle of nature that if we follow accordingly, life will, life and our bodies will support us the way it's supposed to in order for us to have like a prosperous life. It's, it's important for keeping our energy. And I know low energy and burnout is so common in our generation and just in society in general. And I think by returning to nature, you can really return to yourself in that state of wellness. Yeah. Yes, that, yeah, I definitely agree with you 1000%. And that actually kind of segues us into the next question. You kind of went over your um, upbringing and kind of what made you, um, dive into um, becoming a holistic nutrition, I'm sorry, holistic nutritionist. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But if you wanted to, um, you don't have to, but would you feel like expanding sort of on um, what was like the major event that made you feel like, no, like the time is now, I want to go get my certifications, I want to start doing yoga? Yeah, definitely. So it was... I was one of those COVID high school kids. I was finishing up my senior year in the middle of COVID and I was just reflecting on how I wanted to continue. Usually throughout high school, but especially senior year, you receive a lot of pressure to go towards college or have a clear vision of what you want to do for the rest of your life. But I wasn't really as attracted to the idea of university, at least at the time. And I really wanted to just you know, use time to get a sense of myself. I didn't know who I was, what I was meant to do, what life was for, like those existential questions. And I just really dedicated myself to learning more about myself, to discovering more about myself. And I was just flowing with what was going my way. I knew I wanted to travel and I knew I still wanted to learn and learn especially about myself so I didn't go the routes of college I instead began my yoga practice in August 2021 and the um the school kind of was on my radar and was like on my Instagram and in my emails and I was like okay what school is this and it's called the Academy of Healing Nutrition and it's based off of using food as medicine And I really had no real interest in the beginning about nutrition or any of that, but I just thought to try. I was interested in learning and was open, so it was coming my way. And I went that route of studying nutrition while also practicing and deepening my yoga practice. And for me, those were some of the best decisions I've made because I've learn so much about myself and in that process has also been traveling and going to Europe and Asia and have really witnessed these different ways of living and just been able to reflect more on the external world and my inner world as well and I would say it's been a transformational couple years. That's so inspiring because during the pandemic, I'm pretty sure we all felt like we were in a motivation rut. And for you to actually 
bolster up the courage to be like, I want to better myself. I want better for myself. I want better for the people around me. I want to be able to tell the people and share what I've learned. Like literally mm-hmm. take stuff that you've learned on in a journey traveling throughout Europe and Asia. I feel like that's so in genuinely inspiring and that's the only word that I can really use to describe it because you make me want to get on a plane and literally just travel the world trying to better myself for those that I love and for those who feel like they can't do it yeah it's and it's it's so possible too I think a lot of times usually from the older generations as well they really um kind of like downplay or say that like traveling or like living I guess, following the path of your heart, it's not realistic, but, and it's not attainable, but it's, it's so much easier and you're living more intentionally in that way as well. Like you, you can travel the world, you can make it through and just, you know, do what, where your intuition is guiding you to do. It's, it's attainable and I, all people should do it. All women, all people from the black and colored communities, they should all do this because it's just expanding our awareness outside of what America is. I honestly, I agree. I really feel like everyone should hop on a plane or a cruise or however, whatever means of transportation is in to go explore the rest of the world. I've only been out of the country once. I only got my passport literally in 2020. And um, I went to Cancun, Mexico um, in February on Valentine's Day. And my aunt was like, (laughs) oh, this is your birthday slash graduation gift. Do you wanna go? We can go now or in April. And then April, um, in April, it would have been in the middle or the beginning of the pandemic. And I would have been so upset. And I feel like without that trip, that I took to Cancun because I had senioritis. It was um, just not a very positive time for me. It was also um, like dead in the middle of winter. So for me to have access to this vacation and this experience, it really helped me um, stay motivated throughout the beginning period of the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So next question. I'm sorry, did you have anything else to add? I apologize. Oh, no, 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 it's okay. I'm glad you had that experience before the pandemic, definitely. Thank you. All right, uh, Taylor. Hi, I'm Dax. Hey. After hey. technical difficulties, I'm sorry. <laughs> Perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. <laughs> um, were you able to catch um, a bit of what yeah. Natalie were just chatting about? Okay. Um, yeah, I heard everything. Anything that you did? You have anything that you wanted to add um, pertaining to traveling? um or experiencing things yeah so um I just wanted to add like um I think just getting that experience outside of the country it's very essential just to not just like um healing but just um for perspective of just um like life I guess my first trip um I went to trip. I went to like outside the country and I was like a baby, but like my first trip was to Belize. It was an educational tour in 2017. And um, just to see like how other people are living outside of the USA, it just, it gives you one like more appreciation of what you have, but um, it is, it humbles you. Like it's a really humbling experience just to um, be around people who make it work without having so much. It's like, 
it's a good it was just a really good trip and also i just wanted to um i agree with just what natalie was saying how um talking about moving with intentions of the nature that's just very important like i'm not gonna get too in detail but because she definitely covered most of it but moving with how um like she said like winter time a lot of things are dead right now a lot of things are going to hibernation things are trying to like it's a good time like for um you know shutting off dead weight getting rid of things that no longer serve you and when the springtime comes essentially that's really the new year that's a good time when you're going to start things new start a new project um you know, get outside, start feeling good. So I thought that was a very good thing that she mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, Tay, I'm just going to bring you back in a couple more minutes uh, when we um, get to your questions, all right? Yeah. Thank you for adding. All right, Natalie, um, being that you have had these um, being that you have had these amazing opportunities and you had had time to experience um, other countries, do you ever feel like people from your culture or anyone that you kind of like grew up with at home or any of your friends kind of were skeptics towards what um, you were studying or how you decided to um, begin studying? Yeah, um, I had received like skepticism and doubts about I guess the the validity of holistic wellness, because I guess it in the past it was against the convention, but I think right now more people are becoming interested into natural healing. But I think most of the the criticism I got or just doubt was from the older generations and them doubting my ability to make a career out of this or to live this kind of lifestyle or where am I getting my money from and all of this? And they they always use like this perception of the word like realistic, like what you're doing is not realistic. You can't realistically live out of this way. And just shifting them, I guess the living back to money. And whenever I would like receive the, those thoughts, those, those words, it would just make me think like, when have we, stop living for passion and purpose instead of living for money. It's, and from what I've been studying and especially going back to my last trip and studying about yoga and Vedic philosophy, there's this idea of dharma and living for your dharma. Dharma translates to your soul's purpose. And as a society, we've, since we've, we are so, money oriented because we are in survival mode and you need money to survive but i think if we shift to living for our purpose the the money the the things we need to survive will be there for us to support us on those journeys and if we lived for our presence and for dharma that's what's going to bring real fulfillment to our lives because money and the material things, material desire, they fulfill the ego, but they don't fulfill the soul. And really, that's what's what we are doing on this in this existence. We're meant to fulfill something. And I think we should shift the focus from living for money, which so many people live for, because it's what they've been conditioned to think, especially, I would say, in the Latino, Black communities, it's, we've been, we're coming from generations 
and of people living in survival mode. So these are kind of new out of the box things, but it's just connecting back internally and connecting with your purpose. It's, it's a path of, of love, of just getting us to where we need to be and knowing how to navigate it all. And like each person's dharma is different. For me personally, my dharma is moving and sharing with sharing my love, healing, and being of service to others. To me, that is what fulfills me. And money or success, that's not what's fulfilling me. It's just something external. But for me, living for dharma is living a life of purpose. And despite the the criticism from people, people from my community, but just a lot of people in general, it's I still am aware of the the focus I have for my life and the life I want to live because I'm living for my dharma. And I think that's something that a lot of people should open themselves up to. And hopefully by just being myself and being of service and living this kind of lifestyle, it can begin to change some minds to this. That was a beautiful, like, testimony. I, <laughs> I, I just feel like so not attacked, but I feel like being a college student, especially during a pandemic, and I also was an out-of-state student. I didn't have a car my first year. It was just a whole bunch of living off of instinct, not instinct, <laughs> living off of um, just my instinct or in like my desire for money, even though I knew like in the way back of my mind that money's a constant, um, money will always be here. But the simple fact is I won't. And mm -hmm. that's what I feel like people don't understand um, when it comes to working, especially in, um, in the Western world, we are so work, 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 work. And then when someone suggests alternate um, methods to working or methods to help us rest, people are like, oh, I don't need that. I'm sleeping just fine at night. And it's just so much more than, um, uh, I think you covered it, but I was just gonna say, it's so much more than just money. And for the past year, I've been teaching myself that. Um, money will be here, money will be there, but at the end of the day, what matters is your dharma, and your dharma is exactly, yeah. I'm mm -hmm. not sure what my life's purpose is, but I do enjoy service, and I do enjoy making those around me um, not only enjoy my presence, but when I'm in their presence, I do like when we're able to share our own experiences and our own intellect to help each other and kind of like bounce off ideas so it just yeah. feels really really good with that so yeah yeah and whenever you you connect with that with that dharma that purpose it it's there's so much substance so much like death to it and just like it fills you up more than what money or anything outside of yourself can give you just that connection it's it's very it's healing itself Exactly. It's incredible. All right. This brings me to my last and final question for you, Miss Natalie. Um, so 
it's really, really refreshing to hear someone my age have um, this sort of mindset and be able to sit down and have a well thought out conversation about topics surrounding nutrition and mental health. Um, but despite, um, despite how teenagers and adolescents are raised in this country, um, you um, mentioned how going over to, uh, you said that you were in Bali, Bali. right? Yes, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I keep slipping my mind. Um, over in Bali. Um, is that where you began studying um, towards working towards your dharma? And if so, do you feel like you would have put um, your journey towards working towards your dharma? Um, do you feel like you sort of would have embraced that differently had you experienced your um, teaching or had you experienced these experiences in the US? Yeah, so for me, I had the awareness or the idea that I wanted to do something more, something different than like the nine to five work. And I wanted to do something that's not only took care of myself, but I was able to offer to others. And with my studies with um, holistic nutrition, I became, I got closer to that understanding, but it wasn't until my trip of going to Bali and really studying yoga so intensely with my incredible teachers in the community there, that's not until it all became, became so clear for me. Like that trip, that experience reaffirmed it all for me reaffirmed my focus and confidence in what I was trying to create. It's and a lot of it comes down to the community that was there. For me, I I've struggled a lot with connecting with people in the states or in the the town I lived in because I think in the West a lot of people aren't very aware of themselves. They aren't very some people aren't very emotionally aware, just spiritually aware. And that was something that I really needed to connect with people to have those, you know, substantial conversations, those great experiences with. And it kind of had me feeling like an outsider at times. And when I traveled to Bali and was with this amazing community of these people practicing yoga, we all went through this period of release and growth because when you get there, when you really get into the philosophy of what yoga is, what's, you know, what's the substance behind just the physical practice, you release so much of that old conditioning and we all just kind of witnessed our growth in each other. And it was this amazing community of support and love. And it's, reaffirmed to me that I was on the right path and that there's people who are like me who want to do something for the the healing of the collective of the world and bring us back into that inner light and that's what really got me to continue on this path of my dharma what really got me to focus on my purpose and now coming back to the states I'm really more confident in what I know what I'm able to bring and clear as well I'm not going to let you know society or people to try to dictate 
my path or what I'm supposed to be doing. I know that I want to be of service to people to help bring them back inwards. And I'm trying to, I am cultivating services to share with our community and just the collective in general to help them come back into nature and come back to the self. And I'm just so filled with like creativity and gratitude just because of these experiences and these, this new way of living that has been so transformational for me. And I'm so excited to share it with the world. Well, I, for one, am extremely excited to see you and support you through your journey. And um, would you mind going ahead and letting us know um, where to find your services at? Like, what platform are you on right now? Yes, right now I am on Instagram and I am launching my business. It's called the Garden of Awareness. You could just search that up on Instagram. And yeah, there's a post on what the account what the business is for it's for this community it's for collective healing and i hope to give service to all that are open to it i love that we need a lot more open people we need a lot more spaces where people can feel safe <laughs> we need more yeah. safe spaces and i love that yes. what you're doing is beautiful and i believe it's going to truly attack the root of our generation's problems when it comes to not feeling like we're supposed to open up about how we feel mentally, physically, um, emotionally. So all of that, I feel like what you're doing and cultivating is going to live on beyond our time. So I think yes. that's really beautiful. Thank you okay. so much. So we're gonna go ahead and add Taylor on back. <laughs> hey guys. Hey, hey, hey Taylor. Um, <laughs> We're just going to go ahead and transition on into your interview right now. Natalie, cool. thank you so much for joining us. I genuinely appreciate everything that you, all the knowledge that you dished out today, hearing about your experiences mm. um, over in Europe and in Asia has been inspired. And I'm about to go book a flight right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I was able to inspire you. Thank you so much for having me. No yeah. problem. Bali sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> all right taylor so how have you been i've been good um i'm currently outside of the jersey i'm not in jersey i'm in north carolina right now so the weather is good i'm feeling good um i'm actually on my first solo date right now which is you know pretty pretty big for me because i have i tend to have social anxiety so it's been a pretty cool day like been a pretty cool day for me actually so I'm happy. I'm happy for you that you're not letting your social anxiety define you. That's yeah. really, that's something that um, I have to get under wraps, of course. Yeah. It's... Um, but we're all healing and I admire that. Thank you. No problem. So we're going to get into our first question. <clears throat> so the first question I have for you today, Taylor, is there are so many people, like when I say so many, so many people, there are so many people who hail the title healer or like right. to pass off that they're a healer um or that they're omniscient when it comes to the topic of healing nowadays but um they also regret to do the work to actually heal themselves and i've heard well not i've heard but i actually live by you practice what you preach mm -hmm. right. 
Um, so what does healing to you entail? Well, um, I think for one thing, when it comes to healing, uh, for everybody, it's very subjective. So like what might look like healing to one person is not always healing to another person. So um, I think for one thing, when I think of healing, the first thing that comes to mind is being very realistic and realistic in your journey. Because um, again, like some days you're not going to feel like, dang, I feel, I feel so good to, you know, get up and do my yoga. I feel like I want to get up early in the morning and combat this day. Some days you're going to be down and that's what healing is about. Like just being very realistic with um, going through the ups and downs that come with life because Healing isn't just like this high of like, I'm good, I'm practicing, I'm doing this. Like, that's not like intent, like just realistic healing. Another um, <clears throat> word, I guess, that comes to mind when I think of healing is um, prioritizing, like prioritizing, prioritizing like your shadow work and putting time aside to actually get the work in. Because like the same way that you put um, time into like, let's say, into your to-do list to like get homework done like you need to put your healing into and that's something that um I think I took on more this year last year I would put my healing secondary to like something that's important to me and I seen how it reflected like to my mental health so like really adding in healing as um like something that's important because it is important you know and um I think Another word that healing, like when I think of healing that comes to mind is just patience. Patience is the biggest word that people need to be like mindful of when it comes to healing is you're not going, every day is not going to be like um, a very fast paced day. You're not going to see the results all the time. Like, but one day you're going to wake up and you're like, oh snap, I see why I went through that. I see why it took so long. Like when you're patient and you wait and you put in the work and you just go through like life like as it's supposed to go, you're going to see why God made you wait. So um, just to like, I guess, sum that question up is just being realistic, prioritizing and patience. That is a really interesting top three. But now that I think about it, if I was asked that question, I feel like those would definitely be within like the top of five. <laughs> <laughs> definitely be like in the top um for me as well yeah. uh but the biggest one that stood out to me was patience patience yeah. patience patience it's mm -hmm. like we hear it so often but it's not something that can just come and go it's something that has to be built and maintained yeah. over time um that actually brings me to the next question um so when it comes to meditation for you um yes. i have like the worst possible control when it comes to meditation, <laughs> which is why I'm only able to do it if I'm like in the shower or if like I'm listening to music. Right. Um, uh, when it comes to meditation and patience for you, um, what do you think has been, I don't want to say the easiest or the hardest. Um, <clears throat> what do you believe has contributed to um, like most largely um, when it comes to whether it's um, crystal healing or meditation, because um, I know that you um, are a participant in those as well. Yes. Um, do you feel like with your self-love and like your self-acceptance journey, um, do you feel as though meditation has contributed to your patience when it comes to your journey um, on <laughs> self-love and acceptance? Yeah, so um, 
I'll touch up on like when it comes to meditation, just the same way when it comes to uh, like uh, being a healer, it's very subjective to you, your own journey. Like, and I think just with healing in general, you have to make it very specific too, because what works for somebody else is not going to work for you. So how you go in the shower or listen to music, that's a form of meditation, whether just because like you're not like sitting down and you got your hands up and you're in a quiet space doesn't make it like any less than meditation. And I think um, that's a very important just to keep in mind because because um, meditation is a practice and people need to understand that because um, it's not it's not going to be it's not very easy when you first start. So when I first started off meditating, um, I just did it for like five minutes and it would just be me like, you know, sitting in a quiet space, you know, getting it done. And now that I've been doing it for I think I started meditating in 2019. So now uh, I can't do the math right now, but it's 2022 now. <laughs> so I've been meditating for that long and now I can go in for 30 minutes for meditating. But um. How it's contribute to like my healing practice is um it's something I do every day, whether it's just um doing breath work. That's a form of meditation, which would just be like me, like in a space that I'm in right now and just like quieting my mind, doing three deep breaths just to remind myself that I'm present. And um what I just found is also helpful, like um, is just doing different forms of meditation. Like I do tantric meditation sometimes because I realize I like to move my body. So like um, always just doing a type of meditation where it's like just very quiet and um, kind of focus on my breath. Sometimes that doesn't work for me if I'm feeling very antsy. So I would do a tantra meditation or I'll do Pilates or I just, I've been um, lately doing yoga a lot. Like I love doing yoga because I'm able to move my whole entire body, but I'm also able to slow down my mind. So um that's something that I've just been adding on to my healing. Um, very, very beneficial. And um, crystals, when it comes to crystals, yeah, I, I actually wear some every day. Exactly. <laughs> this is, um, these are intentional just for two different, like this one helps with anxiety. This one is just some um, for protection. My, my family, we all wear the same one. So it helps me to stay connected with them too. But the same way that I'm talking to you, I talk to my crystals, like everything in life, um, whether people are accepting of it or not has energy and, um, can like, you know, vibrate a different type of frequency. So I always talk to my crystals and like, um, the same I feel like um people when they think of crystals they think of it as very taboo but um the same way that people have like I don't know like a lucky charm that they hold on to that's the same way I basically see my crystals as like um different crystals have different um, properties and meanings so say if I'm going into a test I might take a certain crystal or if I'm feeling really like out of my body and I need to ground myself I might get a crystal that has to do with like you know my root chakra so um, the way that I just carry like crystals into like my healing practice goes based off like the setting I'm in, the way that I'm feeling that day. And um, I bring them with me every day. It just kind of calms me down. I can just rub on them, you know, got them on my hand. Um, so, yeah. <clears throat> I'm just going to go ahead and add Natalie into the stream. She looks like she wanted to add something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I... Yeah, I loved how you said how meditation varies for each person and how you right. mentioned how that yoga helps you get into that state. And yeah, you can use yoga as a physical practice of, medita of meditation because just connecting with your breath it, and flowing with the, the postures, the asanas, yeah. they take you out of the mind and bring you more into feeling into your body and then that can bring you to transcending outwards of your body and it's just it's it's a beautiful practice and meditation and just 
taking that time to go inwards, it's something you can do daily, either by the the traditional practice of sitting down quietly or through yoga or by singing, by being in the shower. It's just that personal practice of coming back to yourself. And yeah, it's beneficial for everybody. Yeah, um, I just wanted to add on, like, when it comes to, I feel like in, like, for everybody, like, meditation or some type of form of just yoga meditation anything is something that should be done every day because um a lot of times not even a lot of times like when it comes to our bodies um everything that we do is all connected to the vessel of self so it's like when it comes to trauma when it comes to like pain when it comes to any type of negative emotion it gets stored in our bodies that's why you can feel it in your back sometimes you can feel it sometimes i feel it in my hands if i'm holding on to something too much so like just doing simple stretches every day, like it releases. And like, I remember I just had a friend who, they, they didn't cry for such a long time. I was like, you need to stretch your body. Like you don't stretch. That's why you don't cry. Because like, how are you gonna, how do you want to like have physical tears come out when you're not physical, when you're like, your body is stiff. So like, just, um, I, I think um, this year, I think uh, I started meditating, not um, doing more yoga. Like I've always meditated, but I just been, moving my body and stretching my body just more and I can just feel myself like uh you know just being more vulnerable being more in tune being more aware of like this is what's bothering me this is how I feel about this so um it's just something that you just need to add like it's very very essential just to healing to my everyday practice me just to get through the day like for me to stay calm because like you know sometimes I'd be listen another thing just about healing is like being very realistic like I said some days you're not going to feel like you are love and light sometimes you feel like hate and hate or you anger and anger and that's okay because that's realistic so when I'm feeling a little bit low mean on some days that's where you know the practices come into like you know fruition and I gotta do that yeah, like we vary our emotions, our energy, it varies every day, but to right. still show up for yourself, to sh- still show up on the mat to do yoga, to still show up in your meditation, it comes, it brings you back to yourself and it helps you flow with everything coming right. your way. Like for me, that was, I have a teacher told me that the practice of yoga opens you up to your consciousness. And it it's does. very true just by, you know, doing the physical movements. It, it does something to your mind, but also to your spirit as well. It opens you up to seeing the world differently, right. to understanding yourself, to really just be present exactly. in your body, in your existence. And presence is the key. It's the key to wellness. It's the mm-hmm. key to balanced mental health. It's, right. It really shifts the way you view life when you're present. Exactly. <laughs> so, I've, I'm sorry. I was just keeping mental notes <laughs> while you both were talking. Uh, Taylor, um, you were talking about how you um, utilize breath work and even like, uh, t- I'm sorry, you said it was tantra. Yeah, yeah, tantric. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah um, no, it's tantra, tantric. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> thank you for the clear. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for the clarification. Um, I actually wanted to ask you more about that in terms of dancing, because you said that you love to dance. And me too, I love dancing. And it's just like, people think of like day-to-day things and they don't realize that it's contributing to their whole entire person, which Natalie said, like everything that we do on a day-to-day basis, like our routines ultimately can contribute to how we heal and our wellness. Cause it's like, 
oh, this one <laughs> is taking me off this day, then it's right. like, oh, wait, I know how to handle this situation because I was able to um, practice this the other day. So let me see if it'll work for this situation to calm me down. And these are just like little like habits that it's like, if you pick it up, it's almost impossible to lose. Exactly. So once you actually put like your head in the game and when you actually commit to wanting to better yourself, mm -hmm. then I feel as though um, the stuff that, and I'm pretty sure you and Natalie have both experienced this too, um, stuff that you thought was hard at the beginning of like when you first started looking into healing yourself yeah. is almost like you know it as the back of your hand now. Exactly. Um, and just to like a combat of what you say with tantra meditation. So um, people say sometimes tantra is like a form of like sexual meditation, but it's something that you can do with self. Like it's um, I think tantra is really good. I, I kind of combine tantra and dance therapy together because I love dancing. I love moving my body. So I feel like if you're looking to get some more self-love to really understand yourself, really, because like I'm not, it's not to say like if you don't have own, your own love for yourself that you can't receive love because you can mm -hmm. receive love even if you aren't fully in love with yourself. But um, I take falling in love and maybe this is the Aquarius in me and I got a God complex, but I am, <laughs> I'm in love with myself and I find every type of form to get more in love with myself. So uh, with dance therapy and um, tantra meditation, I just um, sometimes I'll put my mirror up, I'll put some good music, I got a playlist on. And um, I just dance like I do. It's different forms of dancing. Um, it's like a lot of like stretching, a lot of staying in one position and, you know, just really like feeling through your body. And like you it's it's almost like making love to yourself. Like, honestly, yes, it's like making love to yourself. You're, you're moving muscles that you're not yes. moving when you're laying down versus when you're sitting versus when yeah. you're standing. But if you're in a mirror and you're watching yourself move these muscles and you're admiring yourself, it's almost like you're talking well not almost but you you could uh talk to yourself and like the words mm -hmm. that you're singing and the way that you're moving is all contributing to your self-love and yeah. i think that's really beautiful as well yeah it's a nice way to get to know yourself build your confidence get to know your body how your body moves mm -hmm. like what works so it's listen y'all y'all need to find some more self-love into <laughs> dance therapy tantra meditation exactly <laughs> Um, all right. This brings me to the next question. Yes. Um, I, I understand that you used to attend an HBCU, right? It yes, was, Hampton was University. The, oh, period. the real HU. <laughs> the real HU, y'all. <laughs> um, during um, your experience at your HBCU, um, did you find that reenact, not reenacting, did you find that... Um, executing um well first of all you were healing while you were at your hbcu correct well i'm not gonna ask you when you began your healing journey yeah. <laughs> were you still attending your hbcu um so actually i had um uh, my this is just like this like a little just some um, transparency for everybody but i had my awakening my first awakening when i was attending my hbcu on october 11th in my apartment and it was a nice day outside and just um to give you guys like a little background of hampton hampton is on a peninsula so peninsula is three sides are surrounded by water water so like it's a very spiritual place the same way with florida like um it's very very spiritual water is uh like it's it, it just, it's attracted to so many things like water holds so much to it so any place that's surrounded by a lot of water it holds like some powerful energy so um I had my first awakening there so that's kind of where um 
not kind of, that is where my spiritual journey started um, at Hampton. Uh, it became more, I guess, uh, it just, it, I guess like as the time went on, like I'm at the stage I'm at now, I'm not Hampton anymore, it just uh, grown, but it started at Hampton. <laughs> uh, so now do you feel like um, any issues that face, any issues that you face um now that you're no longer at your hbcu do you feel like you going through that one um solitary event um almost influence well yeah but <laughs> i'm trying to form the question exactly how i want it yeah. um so you transitioning from your hbcu and then of course having that epiphany mm -hmm. um it's a very spiritual and a very moving thing so now that you're no longer in that environment, do you feel as though you're more or less vulnerable or do you feel as though you can continue um, these healing journeys, these healing journeys, you can continue your healing journey um, with back in, with the memory of being at Hampton in the back of your head. <coughs> um, do you feel as though now that you're no longer in that situation, you can go about your healing journey differently. I can yeah. reword it if you want me to, if that makes sense. I'm sorry. Nah, I guess you're just trying to say like, uh, just like the difference from being at Hampton with my yes. healing and being like at Rutgers now, cause I go to, I attend Rutgers University now. Um, I guess um, like there isn't much of a difference, I would say. Um, I think being at Hampton, um, I, I guess um, I had the opportunity to be around a lot of more spiritual people because <clears throat> uh, it was HBCU. So I'm around a lot of just, you know, I'm around black people and a lot of just, you know, people of color. So it was uh, and a lot of people were tapped into um, their spiritual. Not to say that people in Rutgers aren't, but it's it's a different environment. Definitely. Um, so I think the difference between like being at Hampton and being at Rutgers is that Rutgers, I felt like my spiritual journey was more of a community type based thing. While at Rutgers, it's more about self. Like now it's a lot about just me, me um, making sure I'm getting myself right because there's not a lot of people who um, connect with me in that way. And that's fine. Cause like you see, you're able to seek out who does connect with you. And being at um, Rutgers, I did find uh, my soul family who it's like, I'm tight with them. Like it's, it's a beautiful thing. The same way I have at Hampton. Hampton, I had just a larger group of people who can connect with me under understand me but um the difference I guess that's the only like big difference I would say um yeah not too much of a difference but like I guess to sum it up again Hampton had more of a community Rutgers is more by my lonely in a way but mm -hmm. seeking people out I guess more on a virtual standpoint in a way yes <laughs> and more selfish with your time and your energy and your presence mm -hmm. Yeah, being around a whole group of people. Yeah, I definitely yeah, it, it was more. So, I guess you can say also just more support uh, with like being, I guess, being more open with like how to do my spiritual practices. Like there was just more resources at Hampton. It was definitely more resources. Rutgers, they have resources, but it's just it's not something that's, I guess, prioritized much here or not a lot of people or at least I can't find a lot of people who like um, can connect with me in that way. 
I understand that. Like mm-hmm. even me being <clears throat> like, um, we're a couple years apart, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure your HBCU experience must have been slightly different than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I attended my HBCU post pandemic. Um, so it's just hard to like find that sense of community at my HBCU. Yeah. But um, in the future, if I do choose to um, like get my uh, higher education, like get my master's or right. uh, my doctorate, mm-hmm. um, and I do decide to go to a different school I feel like yeah the environment will be different like you said but it's um well of course it's because one's down in um well not south but (laughs) no Virginia is southern y'all people don't think people don't think Virginia southern it is the country right the whole DMV it is the country Um, it's just like being around the different environments. Like, yes, I did experience the community <laughs> love like you did as well, but it's also, um, I feel like now I'm sort of in that state where it's more so focused on like loving my village and loving my community and loving the people who support me and reciprocating that as well. So I feel like, um, just to wrap up my thought, uh, mm-hmm. uh based off of what your response was, I feel like, um, you're at different positions in your life and the transition um, didn't necessarily like um, the transition from your HBCU to my PWI. Yeah. So your PWI necessarily wasn't as like groundbreaking because you're more in tune with yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cause um, the thing is when it comes to like just your healing journey, um, you can't, well, it's not like you can't, like, let your environment change you, because your environment does change you. Like, um, I can say, uh, this use made me think of it. When I was at my HBCU, I lived in my own apartment, so it was really easy for me to just, um, I guess, connect so much, because, like, I had my own space. Like, I made my apartment how I wanted it to be. I was by myself most of the time. Like, it was just, it was amazing. Like, I loved being out there, and now I'm at Rutgers, I, you know, I came to Rutgers after the pandemic, like 2020. So, I mean, during the pandemic. So, um, it was remote and like I was back at home. I didn't really have the space to do my yoga. I used to keep, I used to keep my blinds closed, (laughs) which is very poor for you. Like, keeping your blinds closed just makes you more like get into your sadness. So, like, I would say, like, um, Like, my, like in the now, like I'm living in an apartment with three other people. So it's like, you don't always have, I don't have the same like resources to just, um, I guess, connect with myself. But it's like, when you get faced with challenges and you're on your healing journey, you got to find what works. Like you got to find those, define like uh, different places for you to, um, you know, connect with yourself. And when I was back at home, I had to open my blinds more. Sometimes I had to put my door, like close my door a little bit so I can have my own personal time in my apartment. I'll tell my roommates, hey, y'all, I'm about to go meditate in the living room real quick. Y'all can come in here, but just keep it down. Like you got to just find what works for you. Like just because you leave the circumstances you have doesn't mean your healing practices have to change. You know, you got to, if you're intentional with your healing, you got to carry it wherever you're going to go. I think that's a good thing too. I definitely think that just because you change your setting, it doesn't mean you should leave everything behind that you taught or that you learned Mm because in the back of your head, it's still going to be there. Like knowledge that you learn just doesn't go away. And that's the same thing with trauma. Like unless you actually like unearth it um, and work towards healing your trauma, it's just going to be constant. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's not what we want. We want to, heal and we want to push through and that's what we're going to advocate for exactly (laughs) 
All right. Uh, we're just going to switch switch on over to a lighter mood. Yeah. Um, on your blog, blog, on your blog, The Visual Genie, hey. I realize you mainly discuss topics pertaining to those who identify with underrepresented groups. So um, like LGBTQ community, black women, um, basically people who feel as though they don't have a voice. You yes. give those people that voice. Mm-hmm. And that actually made me form this question because um, you were extremely vulnerable before. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, extremely <laughs> transparent before um, when you were talking about um, your journey like I think it was the first or the second question you opened up about how um you weren't in the spot that you wanted to be in but then eventually you started working towards getting to that spot um with that being said uh which topics do you find um difficult to discuss on your blog because mm-hmm. while you yourself I'm sure you know this um no one's omniscient about anything but we just try and give advice and our best form of help based off of our own experiences because we right. haven't experienced anything from anyone else right. um so um if you do find anything difficult um how do you, how would you say you work your way through that like when discussing topics that you find difficult to talk about if people are suggesting oh i would like you to cover this topic but it's not necessarily something that you're either seasoned in or something that you feel like you know much about, how would you push through that? Okay, so um, I'm sorry if it's loud, by the way. It's like this guy screaming. <laughs> but um, um, so I, it's a few topics that I find difficult to um, like work through. But for one thing, um, I on my blog, I like to speak about things that um, like I, I like to use my words and other people's words in order to like help other people. And when it comes to topics that I'm not very knowledgeable on, I don't like to like put it out until I have a good knowledge of it because um, that is kind of ignorant kind of in a way. So um, one top I can talk about one story just to give you guys like a little story time. I was doing um, a week where it was for like, uh, I think it was trans awareness week. And I wanted to do some affirmations for the trans uh, community. And I had made a post and it said transgender. And I had one of my, uh, I have a trans friend. um, And they told me that uh, you shouldn't put transgender. And I was like, why not transgender? And they were like, you should just put like trans person, trans woman, trans men. Like that just sounds better. So when it comes to like things that I'm not aware of, first of all, well, it's like be I got to be open for criticism because I don't know everything like you got to just like let people criticize you let people educate you I'm a student first before anything like yes I'm a healer yes I'm an educator but I'm a student first so like um just like always just being open to take those criticism and change up and knowing that I don't know everything so like I ask a lot of questions when it comes to difficult topics if I don't understand it or I say like before I put out like anything that um is a little bit more touchy. I'm like, I always make sure uh, I talk to the person first. I'm like, hey, does this sound right? I have a good team of friends who um check my check me all the time, check my work. So that's what um that's I guess a little just like story time. But um another topic I sometimes find like maybe a little bit difficult to um talk about is uh maybe uh, mental health for black men. I try to do that pretty often because um 
listen, I know like sometimes we in a generation where people want to say like men are this, men are that, but I love men. I grew up with four boys, four brothers. So like I have all the love for men and I see that men go through a lot of like trauma and they don't talk about it. So I find that sometimes difficult only because um, I like to collab with people a lot and sometimes uh, just find like, find like getting people to be vulnerable, I guess, can be a little bit difficult because I um the symptoms they don't want to say some things or like that's it makes them uncomfortable. So I try to um the way I combat through is like combat through that is um I will give them the option saying like you can tell me what you want to say, but I'm gonna make it anonymous so nobody has to know it's you and like just um I guess um I feel like I went on a tangent, but like I guess to just like single it in is like when it comes to difficult topics, I just ask questions. I always put the put the power into who I'm working with to make sure they feel comfortable because if I'm going to be using other people's words or using other people to advocate or speak a story I got to make sure they're comfortable and it's respectful to like what they're going through so um yeah I guess those are kind of like difficult things I be having to go through my blog and I guess talking about sometimes another thing that's a little bit difficult is just sometimes getting vulnerable with myself because I tap um I talk about a lot of things like on my actual website, I put out stories that are from my literally my journal that I write and um, they're very, they're very vulnerable. I recently put out one about the reason why I went celibate and um, that was super vulnerable. And sometimes like I include like not sometimes I'd be including like real life things I go through and they sometimes include other people. So I got to just putting it out to the public is just sometimes nerve wracking because like how are people going to perceive this? But um. I just, I didn't, basically the way I combat through is just like, I just wait until I'm ready. Like I had my recent post about my celibacy. I had that written since June, but I didn't put it out until last month because I wasn't ready to put it out. So like being patient to, with my work, not being in a rush to get it out just because it's in that, it's timely at the time. Like just like freak it being timely, like do it when you're ready, you know? Yes. And being, <laughs> like, being in like the journalism field, um, nothing's ever going to seem like it's 100% perfect, right. especially when it's a personal experience, because then it's like, oh, did I say too much or am I not saying enough? Like, here, yeah. do I have to explain more? And then what it all boils down to is the simple fact that it's all a circle. It all, mm-hmm. like <laughs> when you were just talking about um, just now, it made me think of how earlier you mentioned the fact that patience plays a key role in almost everything that we do. And if you don't have this instilled in you, you ultimately will not succeed. And it's yeah. because we're so hard drive into thinking, oh, I want it now, 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 now. Instant gratification. Exactly. And um, <clears throat> part of me feels as though that's because of how me and I were having a conversation earlier pertaining to money and how um money has such a I don't want to say negative but I feel like the whenever someone brings up money um there's like this stigma that nobody really really talks about because like oh don't ask them how much they make or oh don't ask them how much they pay for rent and I understand like these are private things but it's like money is going to be constant and that's literally what I keep telling myself like I spend something but it's like something that I need and I'm like it's okay I'll get it again and um being patient with money is one of the major things that I struggle with but um being vulnerable with that in my journalism just like you're vulnerable with your um just like how you mentioned your celibacy story I feel as though when it comes to journalism people um 
admire the transparency because they're like, oh, you're human too. And I also yeah. feel like um, <laughs> that makes your difficulties um, a bit easier because they feel like they can open up to you. Like even if like I wouldn't feel comfortable being like, oh, you know who I am, but everyone else is going to be anonymous. I still would have like this hidden like, oh, my God, they know this thing about me. <laughs> right. Yeah. But again, I that's see- something that we're all working towards in healing. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's um the main point of my blog is um I'm trying to take my own stories and I'm going I'm just it's kind of like I'm putting myself out on the front line because like when it comes to vulnerability like I guess that's like putting yourself on the front like you're kind of coming naked you're coming very exposed and you're just kind of showing yourself not kind I keep saying kind of you are just <laughs> like you're naked and you're showing like your full self and I feel as though um it's not it's it's helping other people but it's like ultimately it's like it's for me, like, it's for me to become my most authentic self. Like, that's my, that's something that's very, uh, just big on what I'm, like, as a recovering people pleaser, I'm always working on trying to become my most authentic self. So, like, my blog is helping me to do that by just, um, writing these stories. And I'm just like, people need to hear it. And it's, and getting the feedback, it means so much. Cause I always have people saying, like, I needed to hear this story. Like, thank you for saying that. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's powerful. Like, just to, put my word out there and um, just to get the feedback, like I said, back to people. It's a pretty nice thing, you know? So do you feel as though if you had access to the services that you are um, that you wish to provide? Actually, let's bring Natalie back. I can ask her this question as well. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> hey, Natalie. Hi. All right. So this final question, this will be our final question. I'm going to wrap up for the recording. Um, so uh, if you had access to the services that you're providing right now or the services that you wish to provide in the future, um, do you feel as though, well, if you could go back in time and have access, is what I meant. <laughs> if you could go mm-hmm. back in time and have access to these services that you're providing now um, prior to you began even realizing that you wanted to start healing yourself. Yeah. Feel as though um, you would have taken a different route. Um, Like Natalie, like, uh, do you feel as though if the services that you traveled, um, uh, not the service, the, um, what's it called? Oh my God. I'm like drawing a blank. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, When you, traveled um to europe and asia for your um to get your licenses and your certifications and also to continue your healing journey and for you um taylor with your blog and you being transparent about your experiences and wanting to tell your stories do you feel as though if someone was doing exactly what you're doing and was like kind of like your mentor back then do you feel like you'd um still take the same route is what i'm saying sorry (laughs) um like if i went back in time and like fast forward into like where the point i'm at right now like if it would have went differently um I, i i mean like I think that um, I think my my journey like it was very it was very just like uh, it happened at the right time. It was very specific. Um, if I didn't go to Hampton and I wasn't in the space where I had my awakening after I got heartbroken, y'all. So like <laughs> if that didn't happen, um, I don't know if I would have been at this point right now. Like I feel like uh, 
for me to get to this state where I'm able to like communicate my story and I feel safe enough to like speak up on, um, you know, what I'm going through and make my blog, it, it, it stemmed from like a, a very specific thing that happened to me. So like, um, if that very specific thing didn't happen to me, I don't know if I would have been in the same spot that I'm at now. I mean, I, if, I mean, we can get into philosophy, like, you know, the fate of life was supposed to happen. It was, it was bound to happen. And I believe yeah. I'm supposed to be in this spot, like, regardless. But um, it was a, it was just very, very specific. And it like I think I would have been in the same spot regardless of what happened. But um, if I wasn't just, I guess, like in Hampton, um, it would have just maybe happened differently in a way. Yeah, like you would have experienced it. You would have experienced the same lesson, just a different. Yeah, it would have been, like it was. I was. I was always bound to be in this spot that I'm at now. I was always going to have um, a blog. I dreamt of just like I. I've always thought I was going to be Oprah when I was younger. And have a platform. <laughs> I've always thought I was going to be Oprah when I was younger. And I thought that I'm, when I was five years old. So me having this platform where I'm just you know talking to people, collabing with people, using my voice to speak. It was always bound to happen. Um, if I had a mentor, I guess, uh, would it have been different? Yeah, probably. But I think that me kind of going through the rolls and the punches myself, it made this journey just way more authentic and way more just personal to me. So, um, yeah. yeah. And that was extremely truthful and transparent for that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> and I relate the same way. I think everything happens in divine timing. Exactly. For me, I... Of course, my younger self could have definitely had this awareness to help me get through, you know, challenging moments, heartbreaks, and moments of hardship. And I'm grateful for where I'm at now. Um, and I don't think I could have gone to this place at all if I didn't go through those issues and go through the that lowness because you know, when you're in that darkness, it teaches you more. It brings you to come back internally and to reflect. Mm -hmm. You can get yourself back to a state where you're, you know, accepting and aware of yourself. And it's it's all truly a cycle. You're not always going to be high and in the state of, I guess, perfection or just not even perfection, but just you're not always going to be at that that high state but if you bring yeah. yourself I, I always like the word balance because when you're balanced you can flow with the highs and the lows exactly you can know how to navigate through it all and accept it all that's what the practice of meditation yoga intense living intentionally living consciously that's what it helps you do it helps you be present with wherever you're at now and being able to understand and navigate that you'll be at a temporary and you'll get yourself to a better place yeah just yeah just like to add on to what you said like um dark times really do um you know bring you so much clarity and it's like mm -hmm. i know a lot of times people when it comes to, i know just not a lot of people so even sometimes myself like when it comes to like the times where i feel really low or i'm not feeling like i'm myself like it's hard to sometimes like stay aware of like you know your healing practices or like what you need to get done but um it's like when I was just talking about like when you're patient and you just kind of like go through it and you put your practices that you learn to like you know use like during the dark times when that when those practices are so essential like you really got to put them to use because you see 
you see after like you get through through like you know the storm you're like okay well i gained that lesson like dark times bring the best lessons like it's a sick truth of life like it's sad but like it's gonna teach you so much like i could definitely say like without it's it's kind of it's kind of like a bitter like the like a bitter i don't know how to describe it but like going through a bad heartbreak going through like those traumas like it taught me so much love like and it's it's crazy to think that heartbreak can teach you love but like that's what thing about pain and like dark times like dark times help you to understand like like appreciate the good times that you do have and to like hold them on tighter and be aware of what is good what is you know the lows so yeah This has been such an eye-opening conversation. I've learned some new techniques that I will even keep in my pocket, and I hope that everyone else has as well. Uh, yes. Thank you, Taylor, and thank you, Natalie, so much for joining me. Um, I'll just follow up with you guys in a bit. I really, really, really appreciate you for joining me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we go, Taylor, would you mind telling everyone where they would be able to find your um, blog at? Um, you guys can follow my blog on Instagram at The Visual Genie. Uh, my website is thevisualgenieblog.com. And uh, what else? I got a TikTok, The Visual Genie. I got a Twitter, The Visual Genie. Y'all, just The Visual Genie. That's what it is. You can, in my, if you follow the Instagram, my link tree has everything attached to it. All right, awesome. Once again, thank you guys so, so, so much. I look forward to hearing back. Hearing back. I look forward to speaking with you guys again. I appreciate okay. it. Thank you. Thank, thank you for you. having me.